listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode recording on a Sunday afternoon. Don't forget, subscribe to our, our Over Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Cast, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out SilverScreenandRoll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me today, South Bay Laker was on the cusp of, of getting the call up when, when the hiatus kind of went down. Uh, Devontae Kaycock. Devontae, what's going on, my man? Uh, nothing. I'm doing good. Um, as of right now, I've just been working out in the facility, just trying to get back uh, ready for the season uh, in Orlando. But uh, I'm doing good. Can't complain. How about yourself? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Doing all right. It's. Uh, I'm hoping. Hoping sports come back. But uh, you know, I again, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the league will handle any any like coronavirus cases. For for you, from a player's perspective, how do you feel about the whole Orlando thing? Are you are you open to it? Are you are you kind of on the fence? Like, wh- where do you sit with that right now? Uh, with everything going on, there's obviously a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty about things and how efficient the actual bubble will be and everything. But I'm kind of just rolling with it as I as more information collects. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of stuff going on outside of basketball that obviously has gotten gotten a lot of attention and there's a movement going on that definitely support and seeing actual change around the world is a great thing to see. But um, with everything in Orlando, I'm just kind of playing about here, listening. But obviously, if I get the opportunity to go, I will be there and I'll be with the Lakers. When you when you when you're looking at that from a from a player's perspective, and, and I'm sure you've heard about you know guys like Kyrie Irving speaking out, uh, Avery Bradley, uh, one of your Laker teammates has, has has been adamant as well that they want to look at okay, you know we want to make sure the message isn't isn't getting lost in, in what's going on in the world. And I always say that's it's bigger than basketball. Um, when when you look at it, how how has that been for you? Kind of looking at it, are are you um, are you hoping that the players can still use the platform of like even being in Orlando to still kind of stay with the the social justice causes that we're seeing right now? Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people, obviously in the league and NBA, they're well known athlete people that have their own voice, people that have their own brand, and um, if people support it, I think either way, people can support that movement, whether they play or don't play. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of players that think that they can still support the movement, obviously by getting the money from playing those games to put towards the movement and the Black Lives Matter and racial injustice and um there's people that think not playing that is there's a way to kind of protest against that as um many players think that the league wouldn't be where it's at without the African Americans that are in the game and have been in the game. But I think personally you can do it either way. There's not a right or wrong way to support a movement that you feel is the right way to do things. So I, I think either way is fine and everybody has their own opinions everybody has their own ways of doing things but like i said i feel like either way you can make that impact on the movement what, what what's one of the concerns you would have of, of of being in orlando as a player like how i mean i i wouldn't imagine how, how difficult it would be like say you're literally stuck in one place i know you can kind of go around they'll have entertainment options and whatnot but being stuck somewhere for for two months is that does that weigh on you at all as, as a player when you look at the possibility of doing that it is going to be interesting because it's like i think about most of the people I talk to, we think about it like a, a road trip, um, which it, it really is. It's going to be a two to three month uh, road trip. And like I think about just summer league, that was the longest that basketball was going on from Sacramento Cup to summer league. It was like three weeks, and that felt like a long time. And um, obviously, it's going to be different. It's going to be probably tough. But I feel like we just, so 
something that obviously with the pandemic going on, we just have to be able to adjust and make the um, adjustments that we have to make with what the circumstances are at hand. And I just try to make the best of it. Um, obviously, we won't have our family there till later on, so it's just really going to be our team and our coaches and stuff like that, you know, to just bond with each other. But uh, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. It's going to be a new experience for everybody, and it's just something that we'll just have to adjust to. Well, let's be honest. I mean, it's a hard time living with, with people, period, whether you're married or with your parents, whatever it is. Are you, is there any chance you're going to look at the guy, some of the guys are going to start getting irritated of each other, knowing that they have to see each other pretty much every day? Uh, it could be a possibility. Like, I know a lot, some people may just want their own space. Some people like being around people. Everybody's different. But either way, I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough situation to get through. But I think uh, being able to play basketball again uh, would definitely help with that. How was the how was like all the the hiatus and obviously being away from from team facilities for the length of time that that you guys were and and not getting a chance to really play? How did you keep busy? Were, did you, you have your own hoop at home? Like were you able to get your own exercise equipment? How, how have you tried to stay in shape during all this? Uh, so I was at home. I was in Georgia for about two months and uh, I didn't get a gym at all. I was all my all my people that I had that had gyms, they were all shut down, they were closed. Um, I did my pre-draft, everything was closed, shut down. So I was literally just doing conditioning. I tried to run a couple miles every morning. Um, Lakers sent out uh, Lake, Lakers sent out weights and stuff for us to be able to do uh, Zoom workouts. So I was able to at least get my weights in two times a week with that. And I just tried to stay active if I could. Try to do a little bit every day. Um, it was really just me focusing on my conditioning. And when I did, when I did get back on the court, be able to be um, physically prepared to go get back to running up and down the court. But I feel like I made the best of the circumstances. Tried to find the positives. I was at home with my moms and my fiance for a little bit and my dogs. So I got to spend a lot of time with them, which I would have never gotten before any of this or after any of this. So I just kind of stay positive and just stay uh, with my condition and sticking with that and my weights and just kind of stuck with that for the whole two months. Uh, is there something that you kind of something that you kind of got into that you maybe wouldn't have just because you had that much time on your hands? Like other than spending a lot more time with your family, did you did you pick up any other hobbies or something that you're like, damn, you know what? I wouldn't have done this if if I was on my normal schedule and playing basketball pretty much every day. Yeah, I started uh, doing a little bit of drawing on my iPad. Um, other than that, you know, I've been I'm got my PlayStation. I'm on the game with my boys and stuff like that, but nothing else really than just a little bit of drawing, trying to get a little bit in a uh, little bit into that. But that was pretty fun. I want to jump into want to jump into your uh, career and just kind of your life and 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 you know so people get to know a lot more about you as a, as an individual. Uh, we'll do that after this short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, Devon, you were growing uh, growing up in in Georgia, right? And and you 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 know I was reading that you you didn't really start playing the game till late. And after after you had uh, you know you were in high school by this time, where you, where you started getting into football. What was it like for you at that time, like trying to pick up a sport at a young age? And were you kind of a natural at it already? Uh, so I was actually playing football. It was my first sport, um, and I broke my wrist. And the by the time my wrist healed up, my the basketball coach in my middle school, he came up to me and asked me if I ever played before. I never played. He was like, you should give it a shot. I gave it a shot. And first year, terrible. I think I averaged like one point a game. Didn't really <laughs> have any type of basketball sense at all. I was kind of just out there running up and down, trying to do a little bit of everything. But it, it was it was a lot. I came a long way. Um, going into my freshman year of high school, 
uh, the basketball coach kind of took me in earlier over the summer. Just started working with me, um, helping me get my basketball touch down and stuff like that. And he put a lot of confidence in me. He toughened me up and just kind of put that, like, being able to bring that dog out of me when I'm on the court. And he helped me with my confidence and all that. And I kind of progressed. I started enjoying the game. I started taking it more seriously and started working and putting extra work in. And I fell in love with with the whole process in the game. And I just continued to get better. And then I moved from Riverdale and went to Alfred High School. And I was I felt like I was confident in myself and went up there and just tried to make a name for myself and ended up getting a couple offers, went to Wilmington. And it just kind of just kept going from there. I just fell in love with the game once I started and put more time in it and enjoyed it. And I just, that's where it brought me to now. What, what did you did you have a moment like even whether you're in your in your senior year at high school at uh, at Alpharetta or while you were at uh, at Wilmington um, that you knew that okay I could do this like I can make it to the next level? Yeah, I think going into my junior year of high school that was when I moved from Riverdale to Alpharetta High School. I was already confident in myself that I feel like I can I can do it. I feel like the main reason why I went to Alpharetta was to get hopefully looks and stuff like that because nobody was really getting that many offers in Riverdale. And uh, my mom kind of helped me with that decision. And it was the best decision of my life. If it wasn't for that move, I probably wouldn't be here where I am now. And um, going into my junior year at Alfred, I had the confidence. I knew I should, I, I could get to college through basketball. I just had to keep working. I had the right people find me and see me, which ended up happening. And then going into my senior year, committed to Wilmington. Wilmington, I, I, the coach there, he was saying, type of vibe as my freshman year coach just kind of invested in me, gave me opportunities, put the time and confidence in myself for my college year. Because my freshman year I, in college, I didn't really play much. And then once I got my opportunities, I was already ready. And I just kind of kept going from there for my sophomore, junior, senior year in uh, college. Yeah, when you got to, I mean, you were putting up big numbers. You, you led the NCAA in, in, in rebounding in, in, in 2018. Um, when, when you're playing in college there and, and, and you know, you're getting to your, your last couple of seasons at, at Wilmington, uh, where do you think your game grew the most? Like, you've always been a beast on the rebounds as well and, and you know, inside the paint. But where do you think that you're, you're, you took your game to the next level at that point? Uh, I, I made the biggest jump from my freshman year to sophomore year. And it was not just basketball standpoint, but it was kind of my body. I think when I came into college, I was probably like 210, 215. By the time my sophomore year, I was about 240. And um, I was invested in my body, and it just kind of helped me be bigger, stronger, faster. I was with the strength coach every day during the summer going in, and I just invested in myself and my body and my confidence. And um, like I said, it added with my rebounding. Um, It helped me be more physical, help me be able to run up and down the court forever, set screen and roll my sophomore year with Kevin Keith. And um, just, it just helped me progress. But I think each year I just kind of expanded my game a little bit and tried to um, work on being better, getting better, and all the different standpoints that I feel I could bring to a team and help out. And I just kept going from there. And when, when you got to, so, you know, you wrap up your career at Wilmington, you, you play your, your senior year going last year's draft, uh, the 2019 NBA draft. How hopeful were you that you were you were going to get picked going into that? Uh, I, I felt I was hoping that it would happen. But honestly, I asked my agent because he keeps he, he keeps it pretty honest with me. I asked him, like, do you think I can get drafted? It was after Portsmouth. I made a Portsmouth all-tournament team. Uh, a lot of people saw us at 3X3U. 
and I just kind of asked him, like, do you think it's possible? He, he was straight up. He said he doesn't think it's a possibility. And, like, when you think about it, it's, it's hard to do, to get drafted in that 60, those 60 picks. It's, it's hard to do, especially coming from mid-major. But um, I kind of knew going in I wasn't going to get drafted, but I knew there was a lot of people that were interested. And I just kind of just went off of that. I had a little party with my, my, my mom and my stepdad and my fiancé, and we just went to dinner, enjoyed the night. We didn't really look at the draft like that, you know. And um, but at the end of the night, after the draft, literally about 10 minutes later, my agent calls me telling me the Lakers went off me. to the 10. And um, it, it just kind of went off from there. And my I called my trainer after that, and we went straight to the gym because I'm like, I finally got an opportunity, and that's all I needed. And I told a lot of people that's close to me, I just need an opportunity to be able to get my foot in the door and just take – that and run with it and we went straight back to the gym exactly where we started at and we kept going because yeah I got the opportunity but I'm not done yet I haven't done anything yet this is just one little step that I accomplished and that's how I think of everything now like it's little steps to get to my goal and I'm not going to stop working I'm going to keep going as much as I can until I literally can't play basketball anymore so that's the mindset me and my trainer had. How how was how much of an impact has your has your family had on you and how, you know the support that they've given you to go through this you know what I mean because I, I feel like anybody like you you know you're describing your your work ethic and how much time and effort you put into it and you had mentioned earlier hey I'm getting to spend some more time with them which obviously you're not gonna you weren't gonna be able to do if you if you're on a regular schedule but how important how big of a role has your family played in in, in your success so far? Uh, they they play a lot. Um, obviously my fiance and my mother they're my number one fans and without them I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, my mom's like from far back then. She's pushed me. She's given me confidence. She's always had faith in me when I didn't have faith in myself. Um, a lot of doubts in my college years, uh, especially at the beginning. Thought about leaving, transferring. Didn't know if I should stay. Um, but those two people, they they've been there from the beginning, and they've helped me uh, with my confidence through the dark times and just staying positive. Even like this year has kind of been for me. It's had its ups and downs, and those two people were always right there by my side. And I know that my whole family, from my aunts and uncles and cousins, they all support me. They're all happy and proud. And even the people that aren't my family, but they feel like family to me, they're, they're always right there with me. My trainer, he, he he's like a father figure to me. He's been there ever since I could remember when people didn't believe in me. And we just keep going. We just keep, we know, like, there's so many people that, that may doubt me or don't think I can get up, but my family my circle they're always with me and they support me in everything that's going on so you're you're, you're going into you're going into summer league it's uh you're in you know you're in, in vegas you're, you're getting ready to go how cool is it the first time you're going out there for the for the for the first game are you did you have nerves at all or were you like yo i'm here and let's do this to be honest i was nervous as hell <laughs> like, it, was, uh, it was crazy because i remember when i started getting into basketball I didn't know what the summer league was and I started watching it and I remember I think first year I watched it was Andrew Wiggins when he got drafted number one and um, so I was watching a little bit and I saw it and you know and it was crazy when I got there to see I'm like you know this is what I used to watch on TV this is what I used to see every summer going out from then and to finally be there and be a part of it um, obviously I was nervous the first game but I think after the first game when I got my feet wet I felt a lot more relaxed. I'm like, all right, basketball is do what we do. Let's have fun. Let me do what I've always been doing that's got me to this point, and let's just play basketball. That's all it is at the end of the day. And um, 
just have my confidence in myself as always and just try to do what I always do and um, just try to make a name for myself. I know going into some league, a lot of people don't know anything about me or didn't know who I was. And um, that was kind of my goal, just kind of make a name for myself and show people that I play hard and I, I try to do everything I can possible to help my team win. What's What's been the biggest difference for you? Like when you're looking at uh, at the jump from playing, um, you know, just in college to, to the next level in the pros, what's the biggest difference that separates a player who, who makes it in the NBA and has a career and a person, a player who maybe just doesn't get the opportunity after college? Uh, I think it's kind of understanding what it takes to be in the NBA. I think for me, what I've been through, I kind of understand that everybody's not going to be that scorer. Obviously, in college, I was the leading scorer on, on my team for two years. But, like, it's not about that. It's about being a role player. Like, in the NBA, they they get their two, three guys, and then they surround them with role players that are good at what they do. And I think I've understand that. I know that. At my age, and understand that. All right, when I go out there, I'm gonna set a lot of good screens. I'm gonna roll hard. I'm gonna get a lot of rebounds, and I'm gonna play defense. That's my role. I know my role, and I, I think the positions I've been in in college, I was already in that position. So I think that's why I'm so good at knowing about being a role player. And I think if people understand that more, they can have a better success in the league, and understand like it's not just always about scoring. You can score 30 points, 40 points. And still be in the G League or still be overseas or something like that and not stick in the NBA. But you got to be able to rebound, be good at that rebounding thing. You got to be a spot-up shooter, be a really good spot-up shooter, a defender, a person that's going to defend the hell out the ball. Like, being able to be in that role and know, okay, this is what I do, this is what I'm here for, I'm going to do it to my best ability. And I think I'm really good at that, and I know that. And um, that's what I plan to bring with anywhere I go, especially here with the Lakers. Yeah, and you got that. You got that. Uh, you signed a two-way contract back in in December of last year. And like when when you're when you're there and you're putting on the Lakers, because I, I got to ask this, right? The Lakers are, if not the maybe the Celtics, you know, the, the most historic franchise in the league. Do you ever look at it and say, "Damn, this is cool as hell, man! I'm playing for the Lakers." Like, have you had a moment like that at all since 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 you signed on? Yeah, I think when I really had that moment was when I saw my last name on the Lakers jersey, and that was uh, during media day. Uh, obviously last year before the season started. And um, that was like a real shocker for me to see to see my last name on a real NBA Lakers jersey and be like, okay, like I've worked so hard just to get to this point. And it, it was a blessing to see, like, I sent a picture to my mom and my trainer, my fiance. I'm like, yo, I worked so hard. I finally got this. And I got a couple at home in a frame. I got one from my coach, got one from my mom. And um, that was when I was really like, that felt I felt good to be able to say and see that happening right in front of me and know that I worked so hard to, just to get there and um, it's starting to pay off just to some extent and um but I never want to get comfortable and just be satisfied with where I'm at. I obviously want to be in the league and stick for a while and um but it was that that moment right there that's the first moment I think of when I was I sat down like okay I'm really part of the Lakers and obviously, each and every day, it's a blessing, and I realize it as well. But that was like when it really hit me, and it really sunk in that it's really happening. How is it like even just being around like a teammate of of LeBron's and 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 being around him because he's this larger than life figure? You know what I mean? He's he's one of the greatest yeah. players of all time. Um, you know, and I've seen it from the way, and it, it's amazing because when I when I've covered games and I've been in there, I'm like, 
this guy's just a specimen. You know what I mean? When you look at him, you're like, man, like he's just, he's he obviously takes care of his body, but what's he like, like a, as a, as a, as a guy to be around, you know what I mean? Off the court. Yeah. LeBron is one of the greatest, obviously one of the greatest players in the game. And uh, I've been a fan of him for a long time now and being around him, being able to meet him. I remember the first time I met him, like he introduced himself. Like I didn't know who he was. Like just that he was able to do that. I was like, that's, a lot of people don't do that. They just go, oh, they know who I am. This is LeBron James, one of the most well-known players in the league in the world, and he introduced himself. And, like, just for him, he, he's such a humble person. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And I'm like – and I thought I was – I think about other people that, that don't, but he keeps going and he's the greatest. And people know who he is and he knows he's the greatest, but, like, he doesn't stop working. So that pushes me even more. But, like, he's so humble. He works hard. Um, he, he, he's gotten everything like from his hard work, from his dedication. He doesn't stop working. He continues to work no matter what's going on. Obviously with this whole thing going on, he's still working. You know, he's still working and, uh, he's just down to earth. He's cool, funny. Um, and he just, he, he, he's a a great teammate. Uh, He he tries to make everybody better. He makes the people around him better. He's a great leader and he's striving to be the greatest ever, but uh, he's a great teammate. And like I said, he, he, He's one of the hardest workers I know. Yeah, that's funny. I'm just imagining him coming up like, hey, I'm LeBron. I'd be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? <laughs> what else can you really say, right? A um, yeah. couple more questions for you. Shift into back on the court. So you guys, you know, you're in a position, uh, first place in the Western Conference. Uh, definitely have championship aspirations. What do you think the team, the squad has to do in order to, to win a championship if, if the season does go on as planned in Orlando? Uh, I think... If everybody honestly is just prepared and um, just been playing how we have been playing these, this whole year, everybody's been doing their role, everybody's been focused and locked in on the main goal, and um, everybody's just been doing their job. Everybody's playing hard, everybody's doing what they've been asked to do, and obviously once we come together and be able to play again, I think we can continue to do that. Um, we Great defense, great offense, two of the greatest players in the game right now, LeBron and AD with a lot of great players around them as well. Uh, I think we just have what it takes to win. And I think when we play our best basketball, like just from the games I've watched, the games I've been at and everything like that, we're hands down, I think the best team in the league. And um, I, I just think that if we keep doing what we've been doing, stay prepared, stay ready, and just stay focused with everything going on outside, that we could be able to win a championship. Is it is it going to be weird playing with like legitimately no one in the stands? Like, have you thought about that at all? And and is it going to add a challenge? Because I look at it. I mean, I played I played basketball back home. I played in college. Obviously, it was not nearly as big as, as would it be here. Like, I'm from I'm from Canada, and you know sometimes we'd have. But the games, like the players, are still just as intense. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's not like they're 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 going to be less into the game because there's not fans there. But have you thought about that from that perspective? And, and, and is it going to be kind of weird having, like I said, literally no one in the stands watching you guys play? Uh, when I think about no fans, I honestly think about AAU days. Um, we had so many games where it's just us, you know, a court and two teams and we play basketball and we just go out there and try and win a game. And that's how I think about it now. Like, we're, if anything, it's going to show who, who can bring their own energy who can bring the energy from the bench, who's going to be locked in, who's going to not let the no fans thing affect them or not. And uh, it's obviously going to be a different vibe because we're so used to being in a full packed stadium. Like even a couple of games I was with them on the road, like they're always sold out. 
and it's going to be different for sure. But I think if, like, we got a lot of energy guys, we got people that can bring energy, uh, we're going to be right down on the bench being able to support our teammates. And I think whoever brings the most energy themselves are the ones that's going to be able to get those wins even without the fans. So it'll be a different adjustment for sure, but I think uh, we'll be able to get through all of that. Uh, last, last couple of questions for you, man. I won't keep you too much longer. But uh, even even when you're looking at, um, you know, playing like like we're mentioning, playing there without the fans and, and, and you're mentioning, you know, bringing, bringing the energy and stuff. When, when you look at um, the format and how the team is, and I, I've, I've read this, I don't believe it, but do you think this will have like an asterisk next to the championship where people say that because it's not a technical real season? Or is it like, hey, man, you got to get in the playoffs. You got to win 16 games against NBA champion is a champion. Uh, I think, honestly, for a team to win a championship this year, I give them more credit. Because there's so much, there's been so much going on off for two months, coming back, you're in a bubble, without your family, you're not able to go home, you don't, like, you're, you got to be locked up in in a bubble and come out and uh, still be able to lock in, still be able to, Focus on your body, focus on your job, focus on the game that you love to play, and you come out on top and win in the rest of the regular season, eight season games, and then be able to play um, seven game series and still win a championship. I give them more credit, honestly, because I feel like so much going on to be able to have the mental focus to be able to do that is like that's impressive. Um, obviously, it would be different. It's different with the regular season and being able to have the regular format and everything and regular timing of everything and flow of everything. Still, but either way, it's hard to win a championship. But I think with all the ups and downs with this going on, it will still be, if anything, more credit to whoever wins this year. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it's just interesting. Like, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to sit somewhere for two and a half months and, and play basketball, you know, second day and and that's really going to be your life so I, I mean i think it's a it's it's happening under the greatest circumstances according you know with what everything that's going on in the world uh the protests and the pandemic and everything but um i look, look at man like you know if you can win a championship like this you a hell of a lot, a lot a lot of credit you know what i mean i wouldn't say it cheapens it up at all uh last one for you i know you were dealing with a with a uh, injury in your foot back in january how have you been feeling and 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 do you think you're you're close to 100% ready to go? And how important is it going to for, for you to have the uh, like the training camp that you guys are planning on having prior to starting up in Orlando? Uh, I've actually I've been 100% for a while now. Uh, ever since I came back from my injury back, I think in February. Yeah. Uh, back in the G League, I've been I've been good ever since. Obviously, I was on the mental restriction for a little bit, but I, I've been all ill dub did all my rehabs and stuff before all of that. Um, but I'm 100% now. And I've been 100%. I've just been staying in shape, trying to stay uh, with conditioning and all that stuff. And obviously getting back on the court now here in L.A. Feeling good. My body feels good. Continuing to stay ready, whatever happens, and just staying focused on whenever or if that chance comes, I'll be ready whenever it does. All right, man. Thanks a lot. You know what? You're, you're, you're killing it in the G League. 19 points, 11 boards, almost 12 boards a game. Um, looking forward to you come a long way, man. Looking forward to you to you kind of continuing to grow and get better, and, and hopefully stick with the Lakers for a long time. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. All right, Stevante Kaycock, uh, great episode. You got to know a lot about him here in this one. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast network, the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. 
if the season's getting ready to roll, check out silverscreenandroll.com. You're going to get you covered with all your Lakers needs, new stats, analysis, funny memes. Check us out on Twitter as well, at Lakers SBN. For this episode, I'll catch you all next week.